0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I know you're waiting for our tagline, 40 years ago. It's coming. First, if you own a retail business and accept credit cards, your customers are getting points, miles, and all sorts of rewards every time they use their card, and you're paying the price. That's why NRS Pay, a product of National Retail Solutions a division of the IDT Corporation, offers its cash discount program, FeeBuster. You can start accepting credit cards for free. If your business processes over $18,000 a month, you pay no monthly fee and $0 out of your pocket for transaction. This means you as a retailer can enjoy the benefits of accepting plastic and your customers still get those crucial miles they crave and need. NRS Pay FeeBuster provides every client with a free credit card reader, With no long-term contract, no early termination fee, cancel anytime without a penalty. I'm personally familiar with this company, and they truly stand by their product, and they'll help you with live, stateside-based customer service on any issue or question. Visit nrspay.com or call 833-289-2767 to learn more about NRS Pay and the fantastically fair Fee Buster. And now emeritus rex 40 years ago this is emeritus rex with rabbi ruben yeshua pupko from beth israel beth aaron's Cote saint luke suburb of montreal uh rabbi pupko it's a year since the invasion of the ukraine and we talked about it quite a bit and now today i think it's a day of reckoning people are speaking about it here in new york um Let's get your thoughts about this uh, yard site, as it were, of
1: the invasion. You know, I it, I'm of conflicted uh, views here—not conflicted views, but conflicted impressions. What I mean by that is, on what I would call the positive side of the ledger, the Ukrainian uh, people have uh, demonstrated uh, resilience and uh, and, uh, and and courage that few anticipated uh they've been able to hold off the russians reverse uh, sig- uh significantly some of the russian initial advances they were certainly able to stave off the anticipate by the, you know the, the russians who anticipated a quick collapse of the ukrainian government and a quick takeover okay and the, and the other end and also on the positive ledger biden has performed better than many anticipated the west has been kept together and um and uh, significant weapons and aid have been sent to the ukrainians um the nato is stronger nato is expanding uh uh all of those things are very positive on the other hand um on the negative side some of the most important weapons that ukraine needs haven't been delivered the germans have taken a very long time to send their tanks. They finally agreed only after the Americans committed to sending Abrams tanks. Th- those tanks have yet to be delivered. There's more and more delay on delivery of tanks. What's happened you know, repeatedly in this year has been Biden saying no to certain weapons, people getting outraged, and finally after a significant delay, the weapons are sent. And And this delay has real costs. There are many in Ukraine who think that who think two things that means Biden's supporters will say is he's concerned about provoking a a larger conflict that would involve an actual NATO country on the um those are his defenders his detractors will tell you is that it seems that the slow rolling of significant weapons is a kind of sneaky way to pressure Ukraine into uh, negotiations and compromise, and to uh, and, and you know and, and to really capitulate to some of the Russian demands. It's really hard to know what's really going on. Um, you know, so listen. There's been a wake up call here about uh, you know the Europeans after the collapse of communism thought it was the end of history. I think, as somebody coined a phrase, Francis Fukuyama, and now um, you know they, they've re-entered history with this conflict, they really have. You know, they've re-entered the the real world. They have yet to wake up, really, about the the failings of their green energy project, which has left them dependent on on Russia, which they're now trying to wean themselves away from. But the question is, will the aid from America and the West come too late? What I mean by too late is, even if, Ukraine continues to hold out what will be left of Ukraine because the Russians are bombing and bombing and bombing the civilians bombing the uh, industrial infrastructure so the question is will the uh, you know will it come too late to save anything will it, will or, or to make the reconstruction so daunting as to make it nearly impossible so you know Ukraine needs much more now they need the F15s Right. They need the tanks. They need the longer range artillery. They need to be able to hit the Russians further back from the battlefront. They need to do that. And right now that's not happening. And so even though the Ukrainians have been fighting valiantly and NATO has united and aid has come, it hasn't come in sufficient measure. So
0: basically what people were predicting last year when the invasion began, that this was the like the harlem globetrotters versus the washington generals this was going to be a uh, blowout eventually you're saying it was it was surprising that it did not occur earlier but the blowout that we expected last year is imminent i I don't
1: know if it's imminent i don't know if i would call it a blowout but defeat ukrainian defeat is certainly possible i mean it's not, you're, you're, you're procrastinating even worse. Just saying that
0: because they've gone as far as they could. They, as you said, they were valiant, but at this point, unless a sea change occurs in someone's policy, um, the domino ha- the dominoes have to fall.
1: How much longer can these Ukrainians hold out? I mean, Russia outmatches them in numbers and everything else. Again, the Russians have suffered terrible losses. The Russians right. yes, the Russians were supposed to be advancing the last month, and they haven't. So but the question is, how much longer is that situation? Is that is that really tenable? Is that really going to continue? I mean, the the Russians are still the Russians and the Russians still have, you know, the Ukrainians are still outgunned and outmanned. They the the Ukrainians have outsmarted the the Russians and they've outperformed on the battlefield, but they're still outnumbered and outgunned. And uh, and the question is, how much longer can Ukraine hold out and uh, and and why is it that the West hasn't delivered enough so that Ukraine could defeat the Russians, not just hold them off? The Russians have to be defeated here. That's a cause that everybody should embrace. And why there are some lunatics in the Republican Party who are talking about, you know, what are we doing in a foreign war? Should we should be focused on China, which is just a diversion. It reminds me, you know, of the diversion that Obama used. Why are we dealing with Iraq? Let's deal with Afghanistan, as if he did dealt with any. I mean, people can't be trusted to defend Europe. How do you trust them to defend Taiwan? And um, uh, so the idea that um, – uh, so, so there are too many voices, even DeSantis – was waffling and that's not good because he's a he's a likely c- candidate for the republicans yeah what's that what's uh, here uh, uh, is, is enormous
0: yeah I, I think there's a little bit of a fatigue that's set in there was it's almost like you know our attention spans uh are limited and therefore as this war drags on there's almost a sense of the sense of urgency disappears and oh, is that that war that's been going on for about a year or two, whatever it is, and I think
1: that in in a way um yeah uh, sure No, people Iran are- have gotten tighter and tighter uh Iran is supplying R- Russia with drones, which in some way helps Israel because it 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 solidifies uh european uh uh, uh animus against Iran, so that's mm-hmm. good I mean it's not good for Ukraine, but again at least it demonstrates flamboyantly you know the evil designs of the Iranian regime however uh that alliance will is ultimately very dangerous uh the the more Russia moves closer to Iran they're less likely they are to give Israel a free hand in Syria as they have the last number of years the Russians criticized Israel this year for the most recent attack in Syria so that that that's problematic and as close as Bibi and Putin were uh, in the past, again, if Russia's uh, defense interests lie in its alliance with Iran, that is deeply troubling uh, for Israel in many ways. Uh, and the good news of the past week is that China, at least publicly, hasn't jumped all in. Although there, are, although the American administration is, according to press reports, about to release intelligence, uh, proving that China is about to begin... To send serious weapons to, to to Russia to help them in the war war in Ukraine. Wow, that alliance of Russia, China, and Iran is very troubling.
0: Let's talk a little bit about something light and easy before we get to the difficult things that are happening in Israel, and that is the balloons and other sorts of uh, UFOs that were sort of like part of the news cycle and they were actually in your neck of the woods in a couple places in canada and of course there was this uh, a wonderful um canadian american well i would just
1: like to point out the heroism the heroism (laughs) of canada here i mean the courage i mean the, the, the the how do i put this the the valiant courage of canada in shooting down a balloon i mean I, I can't think of a, a more right. good I, I, I would say it's like Churchill's speech in the
0: in the, the depths I would of say World War
1: Two. Right now, Justin, Trudeau,
0: Trudeau. Trudeau yes.
1: Trudeau makes Winston Churchill look like Snow White. I mean yes. at this point. Yeah, right. of <laughs> right. combat. And yes. shooting that balloon.
0: Right. And and, and and look how you know the US was right there behind them. There was something
1: happening there, like they somehow I mean, the was the question is in the and the movie to be made, or not just a regular movie, like a three hour movie to be made about this balloon shoot down, who will play Justin Trudeau right now? The debate is, it's either going to be uh, Danny DeVito or. Uh... <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah I, I it, yeah. Maybe Jonah Hill. Cause I think. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Yeah. I think Jonah Hill is, is, is really trying to expand his range. Um, uh, but, th- th- you know, there was a, a question here about what are all of these things? Is that a sense of China trying to spy on us? China's because trying I, to I, I've been
1: reading about this. This is so stupid, this whole thing. So they launched this balloon. America was tracking it from the moment it was launched. It was apparently supposed to be over Guam. A wind came and blew it in the wrong place. Then they didn't want to talk about it. Then they talked about it. And then they had to shoot it down because Biden would have looked, you know, ineffectual otherwise. And then they, they changed the radar settings at NORAD. Right. And they, you know, to to do. I mean, look, we, we know that spying happens all the
0: time. I mean, the whole, it's it's as John Le Carre and others have shown us, this spy world is very boring and it's, it's, it's run of the mill. It's always going on. So it makes
1: sense that, you know, there's a bunch of surveillance drones every yeah, year. Yeah, anyway, so apparently there's this there's this area, right, in space that's you know low space. What do they call it?
0: Hyperspace. No, inner space.
1: That's <laughs> inner space. Inner <laughs> space. So there's this area from six thousand to like a three hundred thousand feet up. That's suborbital, whatever they call it. Anyway, so that area hasn't been monitored all that well. So NORAD changes radar settings. And they started picking up all this stuff. So after shooting down one balloon, they shot down three more. Now they haven't knocked down any. I mean, the whole thing is sketchy. Uh, the Americans are have been less than you know forthright about what exactly is going on, and 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 it's just very it's a very strange balloon incident. Yes, yes, yeah.
0: You know this. We talk about U.S. And let's talk about Canada just for one second and connect it to our first. Oh by the way,
1: these are really big balloons. I mean they're not like birthday party balloons. These are really yeah. yeah. Big, like they, big
0: These are like the Hindenburg. Right? Like,
1: the, like, humanity, the
0: humanity. The humanity. <laughs> the helium. The helium. Oh God. Please. Um by the way does canada weigh in regularly on the side of ukraine does do they have you, you yeah
1: yeah yeah they're okay yeah we got so, a lot of ukrainians in canada
0: right yeah i'm sure they're working in various tasks around your house
1: yeah and, yes absolutely no the ukrainians are wonderful people i mean listen besides the chamaninsky pogroms the Petlura pogroms and the holocaust leaving all that aside ukrainians are wonderful people yes um
0: let's move to what's happening in to throw. um and again as you know filter that it comes to me is through Haaretz. So what I'm reading about is like...
1: You're the oh. only Orthodox Jew in the United States of America who regularly reads Haaretz. Yes, yes. I would say the Nobody only... Nobody in Israel reads Haaretz. I mean, it's for, If it would, did not enjoy endowed funding from the Shogun Foundation, that paper would have been out of business. Right. But
0: the, the reason is, is because I think they are the most advanced in terms of access through your phone and, and on the computer. Uh, they've got the stories updated. Also, their, they...
1: their, their, their their reviews of ballet performances are unparalleled.
0: But if you read Arendt, it's like, it's like it's
1: catastrophic. Every single day is worse than the rest. Um, but I have read Aritz every single day nearly for 30 years i have and i only read it just to keep the record going that i've never seen a single headline that had anything nice to say about anything in israel so so at least it's
0: it's it's a good way to spur us because what i'm reading there is that the the, that really the the policies vis-a-vis the palestinians uh has taken a turn uh, uh, to a radical militant one so why don't you put it in perspective what's really going on
1: I I'm completely shocked I'll be honest because anybody who's followed Israel even superficially the last 10 years would have expected um a much bigger blow up the last month or so because what you've had in Israel is uh persistent right you had the stabbing attacks earlier right then Israel cracked down in Janine and, and Nablus you've had firefights that left significant casualties on the Palestinian side when Israeli forces go in and try to, uh, you know, uh, uh, arrest people. You had it again last week. And yet two things have not happened that that used to happen regularly, which is uh, a more significant attempt for reprisals inside Israel from Palestinians in the West Bank and more reprisals from Hamas and Gaza in terms of launching attacks. After those two big things, there were ritualistic one rocket or so attacks from Gaza. Israel ritualistically goes in and bombs them. And that's quiet again. So they had a march yesterday, they're marching. But again, the situation hasn't blown up. Uh and and it's really quite uh surprising given again the intensity of engagement between Israeli Security services and 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 the, and the terrorists in the West Bank, and, and the number of casualties on the Palestinian side, uh, and also, I mean, listen, there were some terrible attacks against Jews. We know that in Nevayakov and, uh, and and then in Ramat horrible attacks that we talked about before, but uh, but the uh, but the level of violence has, and I hate to say this when there are you know when, when we have right. us uh, but the level of violence hasn't really uh right and and gone uh, and, and, and and seem- out of control it really and,
0: and it seems like again when you this type of left-wing reporting i think is just really a way to uh to, really, to strike terror into their readers uh to tell people and to, and to make a cause and effect connection between netanyahu's government and
1: what's happening here it really uh, isn't also that- what's interesting is you know after the uh the earlier one, not 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 the most recent in, in in novels, but in Janine, you know the the Palestinians flamboyantly announced they're breaking off security uh, cooperation with Israel, which obviously doesn't happen because they depend on it for their own survival more than Israel does on that cooperation. Also, there was a news reports that uh, the back channel is still open between Bibi and Abbas. Uh, also, the Palestinians, at the urging of the Americans, withdrew. Their Security Council resolution, which the Americans were going to veto anyway against Israel, and instead they satisfied themselves with some statement, uh, and and again, it's it's interesting what hasn't happened. I again, it, it's hard to know, um, you know, uh, what's going on behind the scenes. Impossible to know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but but again, it's it's remarkable for what, to, in my mind, for what hasn't happened. Yeah. look
0: you know I, I don't know if these quotes are taken out of context. Ehud Barak says that these are impending dictatorship is about to occur in israel um so I, um again I,
1: I i well i on the judicial reform i mean obviously you know you have people on who are in government today who have been working and planning uh for these changes for years. The critique of the Supreme Court didn't begin yesterday, it began 30 years ago, uh, about the overreach of the Supreme Court and everything else. There is room for compromise here, and a little bit of compromise would go a long way to restoring some peace in Israel and and get rid of some of the, the strife. Uh, whether it means limiting uh, the the parliamentary override of Supreme Court decisions to things that don't touch on basic on the basic law, things like that are upping the margin. There is room for...
0: Right, but again, these type of, you know, the type of hyperbole that is being issued by all these critics, it's disaster, it's a dictatorship. We all know, I mean, it's it's just noise. And we all know that, that when you scream and yell and you come up with the extreme statements, people stop listening. And I think that's probably what... Listen, what has
1: to be understood, if you step back from this... And look at it, you know, you know, if you look at the whole, you know, the, the the forest of Israeli politics over the years, you look at the whole thing and stop getting so involved in the trees. What you see is that after Sarpad Shatila in the early 80s, the left got a boost, which resulted in Oslo. That was the sea change in Israeli politics. Then you had another sea change in Israeli politics with the second intifada and uh and the gaza withdrawal that has emboldened uh the right and has made it impossible for the left to get into power the left today in israel believes that this judicial reform issue uh and other elements of this government represent their opportunity to see a have a sea change in uh, uh in israeli politics where the power shifts back uh to the center to the left away from the likud and the polls show that they are right in this strategy. So they are using this to trigger a sea change. Right now, if there was an election, Lapid would win, according to the poll that came out I saw this morning. So uh, they are using this because remember, there are a lot of people who voted for good who are not happy with the judicial reform, who or at least and this is important, who at the very least don't see don't see the problems with the Supreme Court as justifying triggering this level of division in Israel. In other words, they lived with this activist Supreme Court, their life wasn't terrible, things have gone wonderfully in Israel at many levels. And they don't see the price worth paying in the in, in, in the civil strife, and political divisions that it's triggering, they just don't see it. And at this point, if you know if there's a guy that has that that's not an extreme leftist on the Palestinian issue right a guy like Lapid could could ride to power on this issue yeah
0: yeah but again the probably the the damage to the whole uh you know election political system if if that's what occurs if this government is you know pushed down I think is going to be severe uh to the point that you know all people are not going to take any of these elections seriously because the governments can be toppled um let's talk a little bit as we as we get to Purim. him um crew 319 a supremacist group out of iowa uh has been pushing their members for a national hate day mass anti-semitic action okay i i have
1: a lot to say about this wait wait can, can I, I have a lot to say don't wait, interrupt wait can i at least <laughs> put, it,
0: put the damn thing on the table they want to shock the masses with banner drops and stickers and flyers and graffiti so the chicago police picked us up uh they sent something to new york and uh the adl got involved and now we've got to realize that they it's not an imminent threat but here they are they're they're waiting to 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 unleash their minions to deface our synagogues so yeah so w- w- what's hatred is 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 wafting What do you want to say about this as we advance towards Purim?
1: What I want to say about this is that the Jewish community has to man up and stop getting freaked out and thrown into a frenzy of panic every time some idiot on social media threatens something. Let's remember something. Okay, those who threaten do not do. And I will say that with absolute certainty. Those who threaten do not do. Those who attack you are pretty quiet about it. Because they want to get away with it so if we allow every idiot with the keyboard to send our synagogues and our citizens into a panic then we are giving them an enormous victory we need to man up and ignore this stuff right all you know all of our institutions have invested in security we're all doing okay uh and let's keep things in proportion we cannot allow ourselves to be traumatized by this stuff and we're overreacting and every time the bad guys, the mischief makers—that's all they are at this point, right? We well,
0: what just- second? Let me push back just a little bit. This, this, uh, the fellow in Los Angeles supposedly, according to the reports, uh, was inspired by the propaganda of the GoYim Defense League.
1: Right, which were I love one second.
0: Let's just let's just revel in that a little bit. The Goyim Defense League, yeah. I tried to
1: join and they wouldn't let me in.
0: (laughs) So, the Goyim Defense League's propaganda supposedly It sounded like a
1: lot of fun. I gotta tell you, you (laughs) gotta the Goyim Defense League sounds like it's a quite entertaining truth. Yes, they were outside Orlando Chabad yesterday screaming. I mean, you're telling me in 2023, after all we've been through in our history, we're gonna get traumatized. By people yelling at us. There was some stupid video with a guy with a megaphone earlier in the week. I mean, these are cranks and and and, and impotent incels. They're, they're, they're nobodies, right? right? You know, I, right the, I think
0: one of the problems is, now that we're talking about it, is that people have become much more... Um, prone to respond in kind than they were 15 years ago so even though these guys are idiots but but there's so so it doesn't take much to raise the temperature anymore uh and and i think that's part of the reason maybe why again this this murderer in los angeles could have been inspired obviously we know that the it doesn't the tinderbox of hatred doesn't need a lot for the for it to let's, uh, say, let's okay. Explode.
1: okay first of all and people have amnesia, all right? Uh, yes, there was a horrific attack in 2018 against the synagogue uh, in Pittsburgh. Horrific attack in Poway near San Diego. A kidnapping in, 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 in and in a hostage-taking in Colleyville, uh, Texas. But again, we've seen this before. You know, poor Uncle Roosevelt was killed in Crown Heights at a pogrom led by Al Sharpton, who later was honored at, at a convention of the of the reform movement, bizarrely. Okay, we, we've we had, you know, the shootings, at the Holocaust Museum in, in, in Washington, the old age home in the Midwest, the Jewish old age home uh, was targeted some years right. ago, there, right, there's always has been and always will be, there will always be people who want to kill Jews, that's their job, they're anti Semites, they've been doing it since the beginning of time, right, we've seen this before, and we're still here. Yeah. We have to have the resilience and the strength of character not to grant them victories by allowing ourselves to be in a frenzy of panic every time an idiot types something on social media. We should all take reasonable precautions. We should all be on the lookout in our schools for people who don't belong. Like people come to an Ashkenaz minion and say, Corne, you know <laughs> that they are a terrorist risk, right? We, we know who they are. Yeah. We, we know who doesn't belong, right? And we have to be careful. We have to be careful, absolutely. But we can't allow ourselves to be in a frenzy of panic. And that's what we allow these people to do when they intrude on our consciousness this much. There's some really bad people out there. There yeah. are Black nationalists who who want to kill us. Kanye West... Did have an impact, but before long before anyone heard about Kanye's anti-Semitism, we had the attack that ended up being a nice nigla in Jersey City. Sure. The big story of the week for security shouldn't have been idiot neo-Nazis, but the report that Iran, right, w- wishing to retaliate against Israel is mapping diaspora Jews for, and institutions for potential attacks. Okay, that's the big security news because Iran has carried out terrorist attacks in Europe, Iran has ter- carried out, you know, attempted assassinations in the US in Washington and in Brooklyn, New York, and that's just recently. We know that Iran what Iran did in Argentina in 92 and in 94 at the Jewish Community Center and the Israeli embassy, we know all of that, right? right? And, so and, and, Iran is a major player and the intelligence reports from Iran are a lot more terrifying than some idiot with a keyboard in his mother's basement.
0: And, and I suppose that, you know, when we just wrap this up, that as we approach Purim and, you know, we coming to uh, next week, we'll have uh, Parsha Zohar. Um, I guess rabbis throughout the world uh, tend to use these incidents of, that are happening in current affairs to sort of r- explain why
1: it's relevant. You know, it's I think that's rabbis much too much credit. I think most rabbis, when they think about a think about the Balabata they don't like. <laughs> yes. <No. laughs> well the
0: the, the, the Vilna yeah, the going said famously that uh a are the are within us and they're the Ashirim in general who are trying to run things. Uh so you're right, there is precedence for that. But I think but but I think you know when, when people want to make this this idea relevant, especially as it, it seems to go against the soft-heartedness of many american and north american jews so part of what rabbis do and i've heard them do it is talk about how it's still out there and they point to the uptick in anti-semitic attacks uh and how in in terms of all groups there's been more percentage-wise of 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 attacks against jews than perhaps any other uh minority so So it is happening. Uh,
1: No, listen, but I I would also argue the following, and I've seen this in my own community, and I'm assuming it's not that different anywhere else, is that those Jews who are, who enjoy extensive Jewish literacy and are deeply engaged in daily Jewish life are the least shaken by these, by, by these things. And those Jews who have been living under the illusion of acceptance and integration are most shaken because they see it as striking to the core of their identity as Americans as having been accepted and have and have overcome the past. And now they see this as a, you know, as 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 an ice bucket poured on their head, you know, unsettling their, you know, the, 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 you know, the core assumptions of their lives. Uh, And I would just you know, uh, you know, but but again, I think that's very illustrative of the situation, which is the more you know, the less you get freaked out. The yeah. more you're engaged, the less rattled you are. And uh, if you live under the illusion of integration and acceptance, ev- all of these events are deeply traumatizing. And th- yeah. if you want to overcome trauma, we know how to do it. You overcome trauma by becoming more engaged in your own Jewish life, which gives you much thicker skin and greater fortitude and resilience. Yeah. Well, well said. I, I think
0: part of what is needed this more along with the spur to jewish literacy and learning and and what we call avasatair and limeratair is is perhaps a a sort of as the raman would say to sort of like cut yourself off from the constant barrage of whether it's haaretz or, or whatever you are and, and and somehow allowing that to be your direction you know i i think that uh, my uh i guess i admire his skills but i think he's nuts uh you know aaron Rodgers' idea that in order to uh, recalibrate himself he needed to go into a sensory deprivation uh, hut in oregon and to go into a total sort of a darkness i yeah, guess I, he... I
1: think was he you told me this or did i hear it on espn i often confuse you with espn yes um uh, you know, but the, but I,
0: but you hear what I'm saying. I, th- I think sometimes I, what you... The
1: question about Aaron Rodgers is why couldn't he just go into his house and go in the basement and turn off the lights? Yeah, yeah, yeah I yes, mean, his yes, yes. house is big enough. I mean, I, anyway, but <laughs> okay, you're sure. right. It's a good idea to live in your own world, in your own head for a while.
0: Yeah, I mean, in other words, to cut yourself off from, from all the talking heads and all the feeds and everything that your phone is constantly chirping and what you're getting. And then sort of like, be, again, we have Shabbos to do that. But, right. <laughs> you know, it, that doesn't always work. Isolation, be well,